the more that we prepare and understand what the person that we're negotiating with is worried about, the more that we can hopefully drive connection. And at the end of the day, negotiation is really just a conversation, right? I found that the more that I stepped into discomfort, the stronger I got and the more confident I got. I believe confidence is built through action. It's a muscle that we strengthen by taking action. You can't sit at your desk and go, I'm going to be more confident. I mean, it's not a bad thing to tell yourself, but you've got to do things and take action to strengthen that confidence muscle. Come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet my guest today. Molly Fletcher is a trailblazer in every sense of the word. In her message to audiences around the world, she shares the unconventional techniques she used to thrive in her former career as a top sports agent and now as a successful entrepreneur, speaker, and author. She's hailed as the female Jerry Maguire. Molly negotiated over 500 million in contracts and represented hundreds of the biggest sports stars. She's been featured in ESPN, Fast Company, Forbes, and Sports Illustrated. She's the author of five books, most recently, The Energy Clock. And today, we're lucky enough to have Molly here with us. Thank you, Molly. Absolutely. It's great to be with you. Oh, my gosh. So I've got to tell you, my ex-fiance was a sports agent, and I was with him for eight years. And I'm very, very familiar with that business. I've never in my life met a female in that business. How? in the world did you get into that? And how were you so successful? Well, you you have a good sense of what a 24-7 deal that is, obviously. You know, I, I was a student athlete at Michigan State, and I always wanted to stay in the business of sports. I grew up in Michigan and then moved to Atlanta to get into the sports business. And through some navigating and, you know, odds and in jobs out of college, I got an opportunity with an agency. And you know, really came in to go get endorsement and appearance deals for the athletes and coaches that we had. We had a few athletes and coaches. And after I had sort of gotten through the Olympics in Atlanta and I, I, I looked at the owner of the business and I said, boy, you know, we need to get more talent under management, right? Not just the, the four or five that we had. And certainly baseball's big in Atlanta. There was, you know, the Georgia Tech, Georgia, minor league teams, pro teams. So I said, man, let, you know, what if we got more aggressive and went after more clients, And of course, he was probably, to your point, looking at me going, well, how's that going to work, right? Like you didn't play in the big leagues, certainly. And I said, look, let me put a plan together and let's start with baseball. I mean, you know, it's right here. We have one guy. Let's start there. And he said, we'll put a business plan together. So I did. I put a business plan together. He blessed it. And I was off to the races. And, you know, fast forward 18 years later, signed about 300 athletes, coaches, broadcasters, golfers you know, tour players, primarily big league baseball guys, all that. So it's incredible the level of success that you found in such a heavily dominated male business where like, as you mentioned, you didn't have the same background that a lot of these people had. You were really, you know, one of, I would imagine just only a couple of women in this entire industry. How were you able to overcome that hurdle when you were trying to connect with players when you would initially meet with them? Yeah, you know, to me, it was an opportunity to reframe the moments, right? Because it it could get easy when I was the only woman. I I was the only one at the time when I kind of got into it that I was aware of that was sort of wanting to not just do marketing deals for the athletes, but to negotiate their primary contracts. And so, you know, there's a lot of moments where I was the only woman on the, you know, fence at a a baseball game or the only woman behind the, 
you know, dugout at, at, at batting practice at, at, at a big league park. And, you know, some guys would look at me or managers and say, what is this chick doing here? Guys, quit talking to her. And I could have said, maybe I don't <laughs> belong here, right? Like, maybe this isn't going to work. I mean, these guys think I'm somebody's wife. The managers think I'm heading on them. But it was an opportunity to go, what a gift. I'm different. I'm different. I can connect and solve and serve these guys differently than the men that I was competing with. Because a lot of these guys, if they were married or dating, their wife didn't have any support. You know, a big league guy, you know, gets traded and they're, you know, they get on an airplane and, and they're in the dugout of the new team in no time. And, you know, the wife is standing there with cars and kids and houses going, what do I, what do I do? Like, what does this look like? It's April. In the beginning. So, you know, there, there was so many moments like that. And I think we all have a choice consistently to, to reframe those moments and to recognize the gifts in them while staying absolutely true to who we are. You know, I never tried to show up in khakis and a golf shirt <laughs> like the scouts or the agents I was competing with. I, I, I wanted to be who I authentically was. And I think that's what the world wants from all of us. That's how we connect. That's how we build relationships is by showing up as who we are in life is how connection happens. So you know, mindset, reframing, all those things are integral to the ability to to step into a place that I certainly was the only woman often in the room. Were there ever moments early on in your career where you had the, those imposter syndrome moments? Oh my gosh, do I really belong here? Did you ever question or have that conversation with yourself? You know, I, I feel really blessed, Heather, because I grew up with incredible parents who always, you know, wanted me to sort of be myself, to to lean into what was possible, who always challenged me to go for it and never laid a, a, a doubt in my mind that I couldn't. They raised me in a way to know that hard is okay, that hard is doable. And, and just because it's hard doesn't mean you should walk away. In fact, you probably should really step into it. With two older brothers who treated me a whole lot more like a little brother than a little sister. So I had imposter syndrome at 10 when I was jumping into the wrestling pile with my 15-year-old brothers getting my, my head beat in, right? But, but as I evolved and grew, I found that the more that I stepped into discomfort, the stronger I got and the more confident I got. I believe confidence is built through action. It's a muscle that we strengthen by taking action, right? We can't, you and I and, and anybody listening, you can't sit at your desk and go, I'm going to be more confident. I mean, it's not a bad thing to tell yourself, but you've got to do things and take action to strengthen that confidence muscle. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I love how you framed it just like a muscle because it's something you need to work on intentionally every day. And like you said, through action steps and stepping into that discomfort, you are so my people. All right. So you wrote a book about negotiation and you literally negotiated over $500 million in contracts. Download us with some of your best negotiation tips and techniques, please. Yeah, for sure. And and I would encourage, you know, in negotiation, it's it's a little bit like confidence, right? You get better when you practice. So I always encourage people, you know, practice a ton, find yourself in lots of different moments, big and small and practice. I certainly didn't start negotiating $100 million contracts. I often started doing, you know, $5,000 deals or trade outs or appearances or endorsements, you know, deals that were 50 to 100,000. So I think one of the biggest mistakes people can make is they spend so much time thinking about what they want. What do they, what are the terms that I want? What's the length of time? What are the things that matter to me? And I think in negotiation, the best, it's spending time and energy 
on what do they want? What matters most to them? What are the things that that are going to drive yeses, if you will, from them? So anytime I was negotiating a baseball player's contract, for example, or a coach or a broadcaster, I'd spend a lot of time in the head and the heart of the person that I was negotiating with. What are they worried about? What does the free agent market look like for them? Who do they have in the minor leagues? What other coaches are available, right? What other networks? I mean, all those things are incredibly important to spend time and energy and prepare for because the more that we, the more that we prepare and understand what the person that we're negotiating with is worried about, the more that we can hopefully drive connection. And at the end of the day, negotiation is really just a conversation, right? It's a difficult one, but it's a conversation. And the more that we can keep that conversation going at some level through understanding what matters most to them, I think the better the better the outcome, but also the more preparation we have in that regard, the more comfortable we are with all the zigging and zagging that occurs in any negotiation, which is a ton, right? And we're more confident in those moments when we're prepared. But I think so, you know, getting in the head and the heart of the, of the people that we're negotiating with is key. You know, the other thing I think is incredibly important is having the courage to pause, right? So yes, negotiation is a conversation, but it doesn't mean that it can't pause from time to time. Because when we pause, pause can be two minutes, five, two days, a week, a month. But when we pause, we send messages. We send messages probably that were that what we have positioned is where we are, that we're firm at some level. It's it's incredibly powerful. I think if you are prepared and you lay a strong relational foundation inside of a negotiation, you communicate and connect with what you want, the more comfortable you can be pausing, which sends powerful messages. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. A lot of times when we're negotiating, we do all kinds of things right. And then we ask for what we want. And then we keep talking. And the best thing you can do is just pause. It's like when you go work out, you're doing abs with the medicine ball with a with your trainer or a workout partner. Throw that ball over there. Let them hold it. Let them feel it, that you mean it. That's an incredibly powerful thing. So those are a, a couple tips. The, I, I would say maybe a third one would be, you know, turn defensiveness inside of difficult conversations into curiosity. Go from that when you want to come out of your chair, come through the screen, go at whatever that feeling might be that bubbles up inside of you inside of a negotiation. Get curious. Ask more great questions to get insight and intel and information so that you can then bob and weave and continue to find a way to solve and at the end of the day, close a gap for them. When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. 
When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify what I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monaghan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monaghan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. I want you to know that finding ways to be more efficient, cut costs, and get rid of errors and mistakes can completely transform your business, boost your performance at the same time. This is why you need NetSuite now. Now, through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Monahan. netsuite.com slash Monahan netsuite.com slash Monahan. 
Molly, I want to go back to the point that you made about the power of pause, because I feel like that is an art that most people don't have. I certainly have struggled with that many, many times in my career. But when you were explaining that, I was thinking to myself, why is it maybe that I'm not a master at pausing for a couple of days and, and standing firm, like you said, and, and allowing that to make the statement of you know how clear I am on, on what it is that I've asked for or, or what it is that I'm expecting? It's that uncertainty, that wonder, oh my gosh, am I letting this go too long? How are you able to work yourself through that? Well, you know, we teach negotiation. I have a negotiation program that we built off my book around negotiation. I think that there's a lot of data around the way that we're raised, our environment that can impact our comfort or lack of with silence. But if you follow a model that we teach, which is around setting the stage and all the things that have to happen to do that, having the courage to discover the gaps inside of the lives of the people that we're trying to connect with and serve. And when we do a lot of things in advance of our ask, and we've built that strong foundation, that relationship, we understand what matters to them. We've certainly laid a foundation and communicated our position along the way as well. Then we have to have the confidence to pause. So I think potentially somebody doesn't have the confidence to pause when maybe they feel like there's something that they haven't communicated that they need to. And if we can do all those things on the front end, then when we go in for the ask, we have more comfort in pausing because we've we've said, all we could, I'll tell you a story. I, I was negotiating a baseball player's contract who was a big league guy. He was going to arbitration if we couldn't come to terms with the team. And, you know, in arbitration, there's three perfect strangers that pick whether the number that we've submitted as his agent or the team has submitted which one it's going to be. So it can be a several million dollar gap. It's not a compromise. It's one or the other. And I always hated taking my guys to arbitration because number one, the team just beats them up and tells them how bad they are because they're trying to position the judges to the arbitrators to give them the lower number. So it's never good mentally, I think, for certain guys. Long story short, I'd, I'd set the stage. I'd built common ground with these folks. I'd asked for what I wanted. All those things had happened over several months. It was the night before we were leaving for arbitration. I'd done everything from the foundation perspective. My client and I were very aligned. I go to bed that night. I'm getting ready to jump on an 8.30 a.m. flight to Phoenix to the arbitration hearing. And my phone rings 11.30 at night. I used to sleep with my phone by my by my bed, as I'm sure you're candidly familiar with. So <laughs> I answered, it was the general manager of the team. And he said, unbelievable. He said, you're going to Arizona, aren't you? And I said, we are. And he said, wow, you're firm. I said, we are. And I just paused. And my husband, after about you know a minute and a half said, is he still there? Right? Like, because a minute and a half on the phone without anybody saying- It seems like a long time. Super weird. And I said, yes, you're right. And about a minute and a half goes by two minutes. And he said, you got a deal. I'll email over the term sheet. And that minute and a half would have been a lot of opportunity for me to say, here, here you go. Listen, wh why don't we just do this? On the bonuses, let's just do this. And, and on the base, I'd come down to here. I, I didn't do any of that. My, my client and I were aligned. I felt good about where we were. I'd said everything I'd ever needed to say. There was nothing else to say. We didn't want to come off the numbers. And we got to deal. So I think that in life, we have to, to recognize the power and all the things that happen before we go firm, before we ask for what we want. We teach a tool in negotiation in our program. It's called an e-walk, and it's a deal preparation tool that's really powerful in helping people 
identify everything that's in play, which is the E. The W is what do you want? What are options? People love options when you negotiate with them. They loved it. You know, we could do this or we could do this. We can do 5 million with 3 million in bonuses, or we can do, you know, 4 million with 5 million in bonuses. People love choices. And then you've also got to preload. What are you willing to let go of? What are you asking for that though, at some point in the conversation, maybe you unload, you get rid of it. You, you show some, some concession. What are you, what are you going to preload that you could unload? So you know, it, there's a model and a process certainly that I saw in negotiating thousands of deals and a half a billion in, in contracts that 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 works. But those are a couple little nuggets that I hope can help people. What's the most common mistake that you see people making in negotiations? Well, I think often one is I believe that the stronger the relationships are inside of a negotiation, the better the outcomes. And in fact, sometimes the quicker the outcome. I think a lot of times people would think, boy, as an agent, man, you are just going head to head, fist, you know, take the gloves off, get after it. What I found worked best was strengthening that relationship, almost pouring into it, giving and, and, and driving connection. And the more connected I was, whether it was to a manufacturer's rep for a golf deal or a general manager or a network executive or an athletic director, the better the relationship the better the outcome and often the quicker I could get them done. I think when people think that negotiation is supposed to be a battle or a war and that we want to approach it in that way, that's fine if you only want to do one deal with them. But if you want to potentially negotiate and do lots of deals, the relational piece is really important. I don't know that I would say, though, that's the most common mistake, but I think it's something that is misunderstood from time to time. And that if we can approach everything from a relational perspective versus a transactional perspective, we'll find better outcomes and we'll find relationships that we can go back to. For me, relationships were a differentiator because there's 30 big league clubs. You got guys coming out. You can't be sideways with 10 of them because you need to be able to go to those relationships. Or if I had a, an executive at ESPN or NBC or I needed to sustain that relationship because I would have other athletes, coaches, broadcasters that they were trusting me to be a steward of their career with that relationship. So relationships and connection is huge. But I would say, though, Heather, the biggest mistake is not pausing. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer, and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything if you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com. Dot com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. It's so interesting hearing you talk. I've met so many sports agents. You speak so differently than, and I only know male sports agents until now, but they are talking more of that more combative win and, you know, how yeah. can we bury them? And it's so interesting to your point, when you opened this up at the beginning, being female has 
led you down this path of relationship and trust and nurturing and pouring into, which I've never heard an agent say, by the way. Right. And it's so cool to hear that's what your superpower is. That's where you got your strength, what made you so unique and different. And the more you've leaned into the fact that you're a woman, the more that you've leaned into that you're different than these guys over here, the more success you found. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we can all do that in whatever career and industry that we're in, right? Lean into who you are and, and use your differences as gifts, as opportunities to connect and, and and it doesn't mean that I didn't I had a ton of very difficult conversations with general managers but if you lined them up I ran into a hall of fame general manager the other day you know and he was trying to give me half of his burger and share his french fries at a bar the other day when, when I was there with another client and that's just not not normal and there's a lot of mutual respect there and I think I know that that helped me to be a steward of the clients that I served. And, and that was incredibly important to me. I mean, when these guys and gals are trusting you to navigate their career, it, that is, has a real finite amount of time to it, generally. I mean, these guys, they make in five years, 10 years, what most of us make in 50. So the clock is ticking every day. And I took that incredibly serious the impact that all of it would have on their life long-term, on their family now and later. And so the relational piece just has and continues to be a big part of, of what I believe deeply in. How did you transition from being a high-profile agent to becoming a speaker and author? What did that transition and, and pivot look like for you? Yeah. So Heather, I, I wrote a couple books because I started to see a common thread between peak performers. And I started to see the way they behave, recover, prepare, it was different. I started to recognize that complacency has no place in sports. I love the drive inside of all my athletes and coaches. But, but at the end of the day, what happened was the book was a business. One of the books was a business book, The Business of Being the Best. So companies started saying, hey, will you come and do this? And will you come and talk about your book is what people said. And so I did. I would take a day off and I would go to, you know, Merrill Lynch booked me for a bunch of stuff or nationwide insurance, whatever. I would go do that. Well, there was one event where there was a woman in the back of the room and she came up to me after and she said, you need to do this. I said, what do you mean? She goes like, you need to do this all the time. I said, I, I mean, listen, I just ran over here at lunch from the office. I mean, I got 300 guys. I got nine. I mean, what do you mean do this? She said, no, like, your message is resonating. I mean, you you are a woman, you're talking about sports, you're talking about performance, but you're a wife and a mother, like you need to do this. And I was like, and she goes, we're going to lunch. And so long story short, we did. She said, listen, you need to get mollyfletcher.com. You need to build a web. So I did, and I was continuing to be an agent. And then I found myself going, wow, you know, as I, as I kind of did a few of these, I thought, man, this is helping a lot of people. This is so rewarding. And so my husband and I sort of sat down and it made no sense financially whatsoever. And I jumped. I mean, I, I after obviously some time of kind of getting getting into you know what I really believed was even more of my gift, my calling, if you will, I, I thought this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. As much as I love the agent space, as much as I love every one of my guys and gals, I actually think that I'm better and, and, and more uniquely positioned to do this in the world. 
I was a mother. I had three young kids and I started to ask myself, wow, you know, am I going to be able to do this at the highest level as an agent, which is 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And am I going to miss the opportunity to pour into my kids if I do this or can I do this? And But the bigger piece was it was incredibly rewarding Heather to share a message. And, and it was so similar. You know, I had, I had met Zig Ziglar as a kid because I thought I wanted to do what Zig did. And Zig told me, you know, at 21, go do something. And then maybe you can go talk about it. I mean, that's literally what he told me when he gave me 20 minutes. And, you know, it's just funny how life works. And I'm not sure that I could have crafted this story, but it was the right thing. And, and it has been, I mean, now I speak about 80 days a year, you know, as you said, I've got five books. I've got another com- one coming out in 2024. I think, you know, we have a training company where we train thousands of people all over the world on energy and negotiation. And, you know, like a lot of times in life, when we make a change, it took me a hot minute to want to jump, right. To take that leap. And the truth is I probably should have done it, you know, six months, a year earlier than I did, but change is hard. And, we want to feel the confidence in it. I had a lot of support from my husband, which I was grateful for, both emotional and everything else. He was there and said, you know, this is what you need to do. This is, and it, and it of course, was, it has paid off wildly. And I'm very, very grateful for the impact that I'm able to make through these stories and experiences. What a gift to be able to move in your purpose and feel that passion in the work that you do every day. I'm so happy that you found that. Let's get into, you mentioned energy and I, and I want to get into, because it sticks out to me so much that you speak so much about business and then all of a sudden there's energy in, in the yeah. newest book. Can you share a little bit about that impact? Yeah, great question, Sather. You know, really what happened and sort of is a great time after what I was just sharing is that as a sports agent, what I saw the best of the best do was they focused on their energy, not their time. In other words, John Smoltz, right? Doc Rivers, Tom Izzo, Matt Kuchar, they were worried about the level of energy they needed to perform at their best. They weren't obsessed with their calendars per se. They were obsessed with how do I bring the most energy to the moments in my life that matter most. I would sit with my PJ Tour players and we would look at the tour schedule for the following season, for example. And we would say, okay, well, where have we made the cut? Where have we played well? Where have we top 10? Where have we won? When are the majors against the tournaments I've done well in? And then we would back into a schedule and a rhythm to ensure that they showed up at the tournaments that mattered most with the kind of energy to perform at their best. So that was my lens. So then I get out and I'm, I'm sort of in the business world, if you will, right now. And 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 I it was so fascinating to me because business people were exhausted. And then they would get to these meetings and go, why, why the hell am I even in this meeting? I don't even need to be in this meeting. Somebody could be in this meeting for me. Why did I say yes to this cocktail party? Why am I going to this conference that I really don't think I need to be at? And I don't even really care. And I don't even think I, and I was like, this is so fascinating. Like, why do they say yes to things that don't align with what matters most as it relates to optimal performance? And I just, I literally was just, it was like a mind blow. I was like, this is amazing. And so then I pulled back and I said, wow, what if people in the business world understood that energy was a linchpin for high performance in the same way that great athletes do? And what if I could create a system by which they could live into that on a daily basis that would allow them to show up in the moments in the, that, that mattered most? 
How, how can we teach them to understand stress and recovery? How can we teach them to recognize how to marry energy with their calendar and look at their calendar through the lens of energy? How can they ensure that they insert and protect time in their lives that give them energy versus what we hear so often? Well, I, did, I didn't have time to work out. I didn't have time to meditate. I didn't have time to, why not? I mean, if, if you say it matters to you, let's create a system by which we insert these in our calendars and protect it because business people operate against their calendars primarily. So it has become a wonderful resource for people, for organizations to help ensure that they offset burnout, that their people are showing up for the moments that matter most, that they're aligning their values with what matters. I had a guy in a program the other day who we did this sort of exercise that we do. And he said, he told one of my coaches that delivers our programs, you know, this is unbelievable. He said, with tears in his eyes, I, I say that my kids matter to me, but I don't leave the office till 7.30 or 8. I've missed three of his last five baseball games. You know, I, I say that my kids matter to me, but I go hunting every Saturday and I've, I've missed, you know, two of his last football. I mean, so it's it's helping people understand what do they value most? How can they align their energy and their time with those things to perform better? And how can they protect the things that give them energy? Because we, if you and I decided, or if anybody listening said, if I said, look, I want, I've got a little gym in my house. If I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to get absolutely, I'm going to lose five pounds. I'm going to get ripped. I'm going to, and I walked in there and never came out for a week. I wouldn't come out ripped. I'd come out exhausted, hungry, drained, dehydrated. We as human beings need stress and recovery. We need them both. Stress is a wonderful thing. It's how we look at stress. But recovery is integral to our ability to perform better. We can't just keep the hammer down all the time, which is how sadly so many people have been living for the last two years. Burnout is so high right now. It's a lack of intentionality in regards to managing our energy and our time. So this book has helped people with that as, as well as our training programs. I love the, the topic of energy. I've gotten into it so much recently and I love how, how you're yeah. viewing it to look at the calendar through the lens of energy. Tell us about your podcast that you have now. Yeah, Game Changers with Molly Fletcher is wherever people listen to podcasts and um, probably where they're listening to this, but it's really trying to identify people in the world that are that are game changers, that are making a difference, that are performing at a at a high level that people can, you know, listen to and pull from these conversations. And I feel really blessed. I've had, you know, Dabo Sweeney, Matthew McConaughey, Priyanka Jonas. I just did Jeff Foxworth the other day. I mean, just had some incredible athletes, coaches, celebrities, entrepreneurs, business owners. And like you, it's it's an honor to share a conversation with these people, but more importantly, to be able to share it with others so that it helps them show up a little bit better. The work you're doing is incredible. I'm grateful that you're doing it. You definitely are going to keep showing up. I can't wait for the new book. Where can people find you? MollyFletcher.com is the best place to go. And then all my social handles, all that will stem from there. But MollyFletcher.com. Well, thank you so much, Molly. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. And thank you for this amazing interview, for the content you're creating, and all the tips that you're dropping for our listeners. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Until next week, keep creating your confidence. Come on this journey with me.
Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay thrive and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.